When King David, the psalmist and shepherd, wrote, My cup overflows, he reminded us that the best of life in ministry is overflow. The best sermons are the overflow of the preacher's time alone with God. The best churches are filled with people who overflow with a love for God and people. They end up creating overflow rooms to accommodate all the people who attend Sunday worship. The best marriages happen when each spouse overflows with the fruit of the Spirit, exuding love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My Cup Overflows impacts your attitude and your altitude. It smooths over relationships, attracts friendships, and lubricates every tense conversation you might have throughout the day. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. You've heard the expression, count your blessings. But how often do you do it? Hello and welcome to this Friday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for stopping by. You know, if you did an honest accounting of all the blessings God has given you, you wouldn't have anywhere near enough fingers and toes. God is the most generous person you'll ever know. Ron offers proof today as he moves ahead in his teaching series, Psalm 23 and Me, Living the Good Life with the Good Shepherd. Stay with us here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now with part two of his Something Good Radio message, More Than Enough, here's Dr. Ron Jones. And he models generosity to us so that we'll follow him in that. And we'll, and we'll trust him in that. And he always promises, you take the first step, <laughs> I'm gonna take a bigger step. And, and you won't be able to handle you know, what, I, what I send your direction. But we gotta take the first step with him. We are never more uh, like our good shepherd than when we give generously. Why? So that other people's cups will overflow. Not so we can spend it upon our own selfish indulgences. But we give and he gives to us in an overflowing way so we can give again and do in a way that fills other people's cups. A few more New Testament examples help make the case for our Lord's generosity toward us. Go with me to the book of Philippians. Where in the book of Philippians, uh, we learn that the Philippian church generously supported the Apostle Paul's ministry. And as he was thanking them for that and commenting on that, he says in chapter 4 and verse 19, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Again, God never has a supply chain problem. He's got warehouses so big. And out of the abundance that he has, out of the... Um, uh, uh, the riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He supplies every need that we have, and then some. And then Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I love the letter to the Ephesians, and especially chapter 3 and verse 20, where right in the middle of the letter, uh, Paul breaks out in a, in a doxology that soars, and he begins by saying, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Yeah, that's the God of the Bible. 
What are you imagining today? What are you dreaming about today? What do you fear? Oh, I couldn't ask him for that. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, exceeding abundantly, another translation says, than all that we ask or even that we could imagine in our minds. That's just how generous of a God we serve. Now, you might be tempted to confuse what I'm saying with uh, something called prosperity theology. And I would push back on that and say, no, this isn't prosperity theology. This is biblical theology and biblical economics. Prosperity theology uh, emphasizes and isolates material and temporal blessings and treats God like a cosmic slot machine or an ATM. No, we're not talking about that. My cup overflows is not the green pasture New Deal filled with divine giveaways. It's not that. I worked on that this week. Come on, give me a little bit of love on that one. I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) But make no mistake about it. Our God excels in generosity. His first thought is generosity, not stinginess. But he has many, many ways to make our cup overflow. And divine generosity includes, but it's not limited uh, to material uh, blessings. In fact, one of the ways our good shepherd gives us an overflowing cup is by filling us with his Holy Spirit. When we empty ourselves of sin and selfishness, friends, when we say no to the world, the flesh, and the devil, and yes to the Spirit of God who lives within us, you know what that, you know what that does? It activates the Spirit. It activates the Holy Spirit in us, and he fills us with overflowing love, overflowing joy, overflowing peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. It just begins pouring out of our our being these uh, Christ-like fruits of the Spirit. And I believe this is what Jesus had in mind when he spoke of rivers of living water, John chapter 7. Rivers of living water in us in reference to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is meant to be a gushing, overflowing river that overflows onto the banks of the sides. My cup overflows in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, why why is God so generous with us? Why does he pour into our cups in a way that makes them overflow? Well, at the risk of sounding like a cliche, we are blessed to be a blessing. Let me say that again. We are blessed. Our cups overflow. We are blessed to be a blessing. Our cups overflow so that we can pour into other people's cups and help their cups overflow. You follow that there? Let me take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Beginning in verse 8, in chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, it's the largest section of Scripture, especially in Paul's epistles given to our financial stewardship. And uh, Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to give generously and follow the example of the Macedonian churches who didn't have but you know, two nickels to rub together, but they gave generously. He uses a farming analogy. He talks about the farmer who uh, just scatters a little bit of sheep but expects a big harvest. Well, that isn't going to happen. Uh, the, the, the farmer who scatters a lot of sheep, well, he can expect a, a big harvest. And he applies that analogy to our financial giving. And then he says this in verse 8, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, 
At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Listen, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Why does God bless us with more than enough? So that we'll, we'll bless others. Not so that we indulge it upon or, or, or spend it upon our own selfish indulgences. But then we kind of get into this you know, cosmic contest. Give, and then God outgives us. You can never outgive Him. He'll always win the contest on who's the most generous. That's why you can always trust Him. And if you can't trust him with the tithe of your income, test him. That's what he says. Just put him to the test. See if it works out. It will always work out to your advantage. Trust me. Trust the Lord. Don't just trust me. Now, this three-word phrase, my cup overflows, found at the end of Psalm 23 and verse 5, should create in us a greater awareness of just how blessed we are. Let me say it this way. We are more blessed than we realize. I know you might have come in here saying, no, I got the short end of the stick. I got the shot glass. It's about this big. And that, that isn't even overflowing, you know. And, and you're just kind of, you know, life's been hard. I'm, I'm not discounting the struggles and the difficulties of this life. But we are more blessed than we realize. Have you counted your many blessings today? Sadly, not everybody possesses a my cup overflows life perspective. Maybe you didn't come here with that perspective. Maybe that's not the perspective you'll wake up with on Monday morning. I hope it is after a message like this. But not everybody possesses a my cup overflows perspective. And to this point, Haddon Robinson writes these words. When you listen to disgruntled people, you know they are poverty stricken. That does not mean they do not have money. They often do. But although they have fat purses, they have thin souls. Christians who sing the song of heaven in a minor key don't impress others with the richness of their faith. We are attracted, listen to this, we are attracted to the reality of Jesus Christ by those who exclaim with the psalmist, my cup runs over. And that's true, isn't it? We're always attracted to uh, somebody who has a my cup runs over attitude in life, even though they may be going through a hard time. And, and, and just mark this down. For the Christian, there is no glass half full or half empty for that matter. You don't have a glass half empty as a Christian. You don't have a glass half full as a Christian. You have a cup that runs over. So do you live with an awareness of how much your good shepherd has blessed you? Are others attracted to your faith in Jesus Christ because you exude a my cup runs over attitude in any and all circumstances? Is your favorite hymn of the faith, count your many blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has done? And if it's not your favorite hymn, look a little closer. Because your good shepherd is making sure your cup runs over. Let me leave you with one more thought about this, uh, this phrase, my cup overflows. 
Uh, the former shepherd boy who became uh, king, I think, reminds us that the best of life and ministry is overflow. Let me say it again. The best, the best of life and ministry is overflow. Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, More Than Enough. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to find out more about the ministry, to ask our ministry team to pray for you, or to order selected resources from our online store. Here's something else for you. Today, Ron wants to bless you with a great resource that goes along with a series we aired earlier this year, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. He has written two beautifully designed editions that cover the Old and New Testament, and both volumes can be yours today for your gift of $50 or more. That's volumes one and two of Ron's book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. For more information or to make a donation online, visit somethinggoodradio.org. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get you back to the rest of today's message, More Than Enough. Here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. And let me explain what I mean here. And let me start just with myself, if, if you don't mind, for an example. The best sermons are the overflow of the pastor's time spent with God. Just, I, I'm just telling you they are. I remember years ago when I, I was in business and felt like God was calling me out of vocational business and into vocational ministry. Um, I, I felt like my relationship with the Lord was just was great and was intimate and I was enjoying it. But I'd seen enough other guys in vocational ministry where it just became too professional. You know, and they just kind of, and I just had this conversation with the Lord in prayer. I said, you know, if, if, if I go this direction, I just want to make sure it doesn't um, negatively impact my relationship with you. And I always want whatever ministry you entrust me with to be the overflow of time spent with you. And I haven't been perfect about that in 30 years, but that's, that's how I approach every sermon. I, I want to be so filled up with that time spent with God and his word and in prayer. I remember around that time when I was wrestling with that question in my life, somebody asked Billy Graham how he prepared his sermons. And he said he studied himself full of God's word, read himself full of the newspaper and prayed himself full of the Holy Spirit. And he said he knew he was ready to preach when he was overflowing with the mind of God, overflowing with an understanding of the culture in which he lived, and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. That's a good way for any preacher or Sunday school teacher or small group leader to go into a full-length sermon or talk or whatever it is. Get filled up to overflowing and let your ministry be the overflow of your time spent with God. The best churches are filled with people who overflow with a love for God and a love for people. Let's not ever forget that. Let's not ever forget that as we reach forward to what lies ahead. We could have the prettiest building in the world, 
But the best churches, the most dynamic ones, the ones where people are lining up to come into are ones made up of people who overflow with a love for God and a love for people. Can I get even more personal with you? The best marriages, the best marriages are when each spouse overflows with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. How many times have Catherine and I been in counseling situations with a couple whose marriage has gone off the rails? And at some point I may just look at them, hopefully like a good shepherd, but sometimes in a not so gentle way and say, listen, you need to get alone with God until you are filled with the Spirit. And you need to get alone with God until you are filled with the Spirit. And when you are overflowing, each of you, with the fruit of the Spirit, you will become irresistibly attracted to one another again. By the way, that didn't cost you anything. That's good marriage counseling. <laughs> and you don't need a second appointment. Just go and do what the Scripture says there. Speaking of romantic relationships, let's go back to Genesis chapter 29. You know what the Bible says uh, Jacob did after he filled the water cups for his uncle's sheep? Remember Jacob, broad-shouldered Jacob, pulling up those buckets of uh, water from that 30-foot well? After he was done, he kissed Rachel right on the mouth there. (laughs) Who does that? They weren't even on a first date yet. Kissed her right on the cheek or on the mouth there. And then wept like a baby, the Bible says. He wept. Why? Because he knew that he had met the bone of his bones and the flesh of his flesh. And truly his cup overflowed with joy. Now they had some issues as time went on. But at that moment, oh my, overflowed with joy. Hey, turn to your spouse and be careful. Make sure it's your spouse. (laughs) And say, baby, you make my cup overflow. All right? You know, that may be the most, the start of the most romantic conversation you'll have this year. Baby, you make my cup overflow. And make sure that her cup or his cup overflows because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you. Finally, the best that you and I can present to the world around us. When we get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, our time with God get dressed, showered, out the front door, the best that we can present to the world around us is the overflow of Christ in us. My cup overflows impacts your attitude and your altitude. It'll take you places that you can't get to otherwise because attitude is everything. 90% of life is attitude. About 10% of it is uh, your ability. So my cup overflows impacts your attitude and your altitude. It smooths over relationships. It attracts friendships. Nobody wants to hang around with somebody. My cup doesn't overflow. What about yours? My cup overflow lubricates every tense conversation that you might have throughout the day. Even when you're having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, look at yourself in the mirror of God's word and say, my cup overflows until you believe it. And then when you do, just remember to thank your good shepherd, your generous shepherd who made it all happen.
He's really more than enough. He's more than we need. He'll, he, he is the Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. But even beyond that, my cup overflows. He, he just oozes generosity. And that ought to inspire every one of us to, to be generous as a, as a thanksgiving offering to Him. And to say, Lord, how, how, do I, how do I pour my life out into others um, in some way that models your generosity toward me? I think our Good Shepherd is happy with the sheep of his pasture when we do that. Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, More Than Enough. And Dr. Ron Jones has joined me in studio. Great message today, Pastor. I want to follow up on this idea that we sometimes take the blessings of God for granted, that we have far more blessings than we even realize. How can we make sure we're locked into that idea on a consistent daily basis? Because I think if we were, our lives would be filled with even more joy. They really would, Brian. We'd be far more content, far more joyful if we just reminded ourselves of what God has already done for us, let alone what he is doing now and what he will do later. Our cup runneth over based solely on what the Lord has done for us in the past. Let me share what might be called the four R's of the Christian life. This can apply to many aspects of our walk with Jesus. But today, let's focus on gratitude as you said at the top of yesterday's broadcast, Brian, it's not glass half full or glass half empty. It's glass overflowing. And here's the best way I know to drive that point home so well that we live constantly in that place of gratitude. First, uh, don't just read God's Word, but meditate upon it. That's the first R, Brian, repetition. Now, there's a reason why God tells us to read and meditate on His Word all the time. It's because He knows we need to hear things over and over again. So step number one is um, in adopting a consistent attitude of gratitude is the repeated meditation on God's Word, particularly the parts that talk about all the good things the Good Shepherd has done for us. Now, repetition leads to the second R, which uh, is remembrance. Uh, Brian, once you repeat passages on the generosity of God over and over again, you'll begin to remember them on a consistent basis. And over time, your default setting will become one of gratitude instead of discontent. Uh, you'll have joy and a, and a positive attitude, even when circumstances aren't going your way. Now, these first two R's, repetition and remembrance, lead to the final two, which are renewal and uh, reconciliation. We talked about renewal a couple of days ago, how we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Uh, repetition and remembrance are things that lead to the renewal of our mind, which in turn changes our attitudes and behaviors. And then reconciliation. I don't mean to suggest that God abandons us when we are ungrateful. I'm merely saying that once the first three R's are in place, uh, the result is a more beautiful, more intimate, uh, relationship with God. That's how we go about the business of creating a new default setting. And it begins in the place that almost everything begins, in the consistent reading of God's holy inspired word. 
That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts on the power of God's Word to transform us and to strengthen our faith in the goodness and generosity of God. Ron, before we wrap it up for the day, how about giving us a quick glimpse of your next message when you move ahead in the series on Psalm 23? Well, Brian, every good shepherd has a sheepdog. More than one, in fact. They're invaluable in helping the shepherd tend to his or her flock. A shepherd would be hard-pressed to get the job done without a good sheepdog. So as I move ahead in this series on Psalm 23, I want to talk about a couple of sheepdogs that our good shepherd has to help us on our journey. I'm not going to tell you what they are just yet. You'll have to join me next time as I continue my series, Psalm 23 and Me, Living the Good Life with the Good Shepherd. Really looking forward to it, Pastor Ron. That's next time in Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Sheepdogs of Heaven. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.